This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. <laughs> It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. So Eskimos defensive back John Ojo out for the season with a ruptured Achilles tendon. You can get the full story on the Eskimos page on 630Ched.com. He had five picks for the green and gold last season, including four in the first seven games of the year. CFL exhibition game tonight. Ottawa beats Winnipeg 18-14. This is your crystal glass scoreboard for all your glass needs. Please call 310-GLASS today. The Blue Jays are shut out 7-0 by the Philadelphia Phillies. Action at Euro today, the big soccer tournament. We'll talk about that between 8.30 and 9 with Colin Miller from FC Edmonton. Here's what happened. Ireland and Sweden ended in a 1-1 tie. Italy beating Belgium 2-0. And it was Spain over the Czech Republic 1-0. Mike Yo will be the next head coach of the St. Louis Blues. He was uh, hired by the Blues as an associate coach, and he will replace Ken Hitchcock for next season. Hitchcock is going to coach his uh, final season in the NHL this coming year. 49-48, the Warriors leading Cleveland. Five minutes left in the first half. Good game there as uh, Golden State tries to close it out. Cleveland trying to go home for a game six. Reed Wilkins with you. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Kellen Kennedy. Our studio producer, he's on the other side of the glass doing all all the hard work. Tomorrow, our guests will include former Canadian heavyweight champion Willie DeWitt. I'm looking forward to that. Guy I've always wanted to interview. He is now a lawyer. And we will have uh, Father's Day stuff all week long here on 630 Ched. We just had Pat Riley on the show, Mike Riley's dad. 52 years he's been he'd been coaching or playing football now retired from coaching called himself a bit of an old school coach great story about uh about how he deals with hearing his son criticized by fans and media or whoever want to replay this this clip and uh you may enjoy the part about a member of Ryder Nation. Mike is a pro, and in the stands, people pay good money to go to games. And in my opinion, they have a right to say whatever it is that they want. I don't get too much. When we go to Edmonton, um, there are, we, you know, we sit with a lot of the parents in that area, and there isn't a whole lot of bad stuff that I hear. Um, I did have a, this is kind of an interesting sort of lead into this, but 
Mike's first year here in Edmonton, um, we were playing Saskatchewan. Game gets over. I'm up walking through the concourse leaving. And I had a number 13 jersey on, and a Saskatchewan fan comes up to me and says, Sir, what do you, do you, how do you like Riley now? And I turned to him, and I said, well, I still love him. And the guy looked at me, and his face kind of goes blank, and he goes, oh, my God, you're his dad. I said, yes, I am. He goes, I am so sorry. And I said, hey, you know what? You have a right to say that. And I said, no, it was not a very good game. Um, with regard, you get pretty thick skin. You understand, I understand anyway, what people see on the field is different than what really goes on. Because in my mind, there's times I go, why did you do that, Mike? What happened? Again, later on, I find out why he did it. Not always right, because there are times Mike will tell me, I just blew it. I missed the call, just flat blew it. So you just kind of learn to get really thick skin. You just deal with it. And most people are pretty gracious about it. You know, there's sometimes I totally agree with what the fan has said. I kind of agree, yeah, I do agree with you on that one. But you are exactly right that the quarterback um, gets a lot of credit for the win. But at the same time, they get a lot of blame for the loss. You know, it kind of works both ways. So you, you can't just take all the good and reject the bad. You're kind of going to say, well, I guess you take it all as it comes. All right, so that is a little bit of the Pat Riley interview we had in the last uh, half hour. Great stuff there. I got I got to tell you, as we as we move through the week here, like I said, we'll be having other Father's Day themed segments on the show, and I want you to be a part of that as well. If you have a favorite sports moment or memory that you shared with your father that was special that you're not going to forget, doesn't have to be. Well, it can be anything. It can be playing something with your dad, being coached by your dad, going to a sporting event with your dad, anything like that, let us know. Uh, throughout the week, we'll read some of the better ones on air. You can text me to 630-630. Email me for some of the stories that might be best to email these. Inside sports at 630chad.com. And, of course, you can tweet me at Reed Wilkins. Um, all right. Speaking of some of the uh, things coming in from our audience tonight... Adam says, I heard Chris from Phoenix call in to Bob on Oilers Now earlier today, and I agree with his view, which is uh, you could trade Clefbaum and Nurse for Hamannick and Barry, whichever one for whichever one. Uh, Adam goes on to say, two lefties for two righties makes sense because we're punch drunk with left defensemen. It would not be great to lose Nurse, however. We need to see what he's like at 22. Trading that guy before we see... His potential would be horrible, plus uh, Nurse is a Shirelli type. And uh, Brandon says, Hi, Reed. I would trade Clefbaum, but I would not trade Nurse. Also, does Yakupov and the 32nd overall get you a top 15 pick in the draft? What are your thoughts on that? That is from Brandon. Well, I got to say this. And I, I mean, look, like Rob Brown and I, especially as we got into last season, said the big moves, the big moves are happening in the summer. Well, we're there. The Stanley Cup was handed out last night. The draft is in, you know, 12 days. Stuff's going to happen. And and now stuff is imminently going to happen. Then it's free agency. I mean, we're talking in probably four weeks maximum, there's going to be one or two, let's say, guys who you thought were going to be Oilers for a long time who will have been moved out. 
probably one of the $6 million guys, maybe two. And maybe to get a more experienced defenseman, Shirelli parts with a younger defenseman, right? Maybe Clefbaum. Maybe even Davidson. I know a lot of us fell in love with Davidson over the last year. The guy busts his buns all the time. Uh, you know, he's kind of kind of a bit of an underdog story. Um, anyway, I just think of the the players that are less likely to be traded. Darnell Nurse is on that list for me. McDavid will not be traded. Uh, I, I think it's fairly unlikely Leon Dreisaitl gets traded. Young guy, big body, skill. And I, and I don't think Darnell Nurse gets traded. And, and, I, and I think Adam made a good point. Darnell Nurse is a Peter Shirelli type. And Shirelli recognizes, I think a lot of people recognize, sometimes you just have to be nasty. Sometimes it can be a bit of a street fight out there. And Darnell Nurse will jump into those situations. He's not shy about it. And I think that's one of those things, either you have it or you don't. I mean, a lot of people say, well, why doesn't Everly forecheck harder? You know what? He's never played that way. He's never had to play that way. He's probably not going to start doing it in his mid-20s. But Darnell Nurse comes to the rink with that nastiness, and it was it was a hot topic when he went after Polak and got the three-game suspension. I didn't think he was going to get that much, but it was definitely a suspendable offense. We, we had some interesting debate about it on overtime open line and on the next edition of Inside Sports after that game. But there were a fair many of you, I don't know if it was the majority, but there were a lot of Oilers fans who were saying, finally. Who were fine with the suspension. Who said, you know what? Yes, it was wrong. Yes, we understand the suspension. But thank God we finally have a guy on our team who's willing to be the villain. Who's, and I don't, I don't think you need an enforcer on your team in terms of fighting, but in terms of willing to be an enforcer in terms of didn't like the play that happened to Hendricks. He just went out and took care of it. Was it clean? No, it was not clean. I mean, he beat up a guy that wasn't really engaged. Maybe Polak should have expected it, whatever. You don't blame the victim. So that is why I think Shirelli would be reluctant because after Nurse, there aren't a lot of guys who are going to fill that role. Cassian, sure, he's not going to play a lot of minutes. Maroon, to some extent, I mean, I think he had seven or eight fights last year. He certainly is a bigger body. I think he has a bit of a mean streak, but I think you also want him on the ice as much as you can, too. So that's why I think, and why I would agree with Adam, that Nurse is a Shirelli type. He's probably a lot of people's types. And yeah, do you want to part with him before you totally see what he can be? I don't think Darnell Nurse is a 50-point defenseman. Could he be a 25 to 30-point defenseman? Yeah, probably. I think so. And he can help in the intimidation and physicality areas. I guess, to me, if, you're, if, if Clefbaum is, goes, and we're talking hypotheticals here, I think we kind of know what Clefbaum is. I know he's not at that threshold, you know, where some people say 200 games, some people say 300. He, he's certainly going to get better, um, but I, I think his raw materials are a little more sculpted than Nurse's if I had to compare the two. Uh, Brandon also asked, does Yakupov and 32nd overall get a top 15 pick in the draft? You know what, Brandon? I, I don't think it does. And to me, if you're throwing Yakupov into a trade to try to balance it out, it's probably not that appealing a trade to the other team. I don't think Yakupov is going to be a significant part of any trade that gets the Oilers something significant back. I think he's going to get traded for a, a young 
you know, another young, either underachieving type player or a player who's not fitting in with his franchise. I just think that's the reality of what happened with Yakupov and where he's at. You're welcome to Tech 630-630. Good game tonight. Golden State up 61-58. Still 91 seconds left in the second quarter. Quick timeout inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. Uh, just looking at Darren Drager here on Twitter. Expect the Anaheim Ducks to announce the return of Randy Carlisle as head coach tomorrow. Carlisle, of course, uh, the head coach of the Ducks from 05 to 2011. Won the Stanley Cup in 2007. Was with the uh, Leafs from March of 2012 until uh, January of 2015. 704 games coached in the NHL. Points percentage of 574. Uh, also reading some stuff that Glenn Gullitson, Vancouver assistant this past season, a finalist for the job in uh, Calgary. Flames still looking for a coach. I wonder, too, if... Uh, I don't know for sure, just spitballing. I wonder if Bob Bugner's in on that. Hmm. Owns the Windsor Spitfires. He's an uh, assistant with the San Jose Sharks. They were obviously still playing until yesterday. Just, we're just wondering, just wondering if he might be a candidate. We'll see. We'll see. Still some vacancies out there. Uh, for for once, there's absolutely no question who's going to coach the Edmonton Oilers next year and that he will do it for the duration of the season. Same with the general manager. And I know there are some of you who... There's always there's always somebody that doesn't approve of something, Kellen Kennedy. I've learned that. Oh yeah, but uh, this, this 2016. Is, there will be. This is going to be the summer. This is going to be the summer where the players change. Where the players change. Of course, this portion of Inside Sports is presented by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. You can check them out online at actionfurnace.ca. All right. Uh, Gordy Howe, of course, passed away on uh, Friday. Brendan Ulrich did that show. And uh, it was uh, pretty cool. Norm Ullman, former Edmonton Oil King, long career with the uh, Detroit Red Wings, joined Brendan on Friday's program. You can get the uh, full show by going to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. Brendan asked Norm Ullman about uh, Gordy Howe's elbows. Were they really as deadly as legend has it? Uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? Why is that? No. No, not that much. No, no, no. Yeah, and uh, I'm not saying he didn't do it, but <laughs> he uh, he didn't go around. He just if somebody was given a hard time, then uh, look out, you know, because he was gonna. <laughs> if he if somebody did something to him, you know, they didn't think was right or what, then uh, look out, because you know there's probably an elbow coming. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about that. But he was big and tough. Nobody, uh, nobody uh, bothered with him that much in that regard. You know, you know, once in a while someone would get a little frisky, but they would would soon realize that uh, it's a futile battle to try and uh, <laughs> out muscle him or whatever. <laughs> All right. So, and that, and that goes back to something I was saying earlier in the show: size and 
the ability to be a little mean if you have to, I, I, I don't think those things are, are ever going to leave the game of hockey. And yes, the Penguins were fast, and yes, they're not the biggest team in the league. But getting big guys who can play big, never going to go away. And getting big guys who can play mean, never going to go away. And that's why Darnell Nurse, I think, would be one of the less likely candidates to be traded by the Edmonton Oilers. We will have live coverage of the NHL draft on June 24th in the late afternoon into the evening. That's the first round. The Oilers are scheduled to pick fourth overall. We will see if they trade it or not. And uh, then more Saturday morning rounds, two through seven. The Oilers drafting, uh, what do they have, a first rounder, a second rounder, uh, three-thirds, they uh, don't have a fourth, and then they have a fifth, sixth, and a seventh. Definitely going to be some options for Peter Shirelli. Um, it's, I mean, now it's sounding more and more like they hang on to the fourth overall pick. Here's what I'm wondering, Kellen, if here in oil country we're so used to picking first overall, we mm. forget about the value of a fourth overall pick. Yeah. You can get some pretty good players there. Oh, yeah. Some career guys come out of that now, number four spot. But I know now people are going to say, well, Griffin Reinhardt was taken fourth overall, and he's not going to be that good. Well, okay. Don't write off the young man yet. He, mm. I think he's probably going to be a pretty solid NHLer. Here's what we're going to do. We'll keep you updated on the scoreboard. Wild high-scoring game going on in Golden State. The Blue Jays lost 7-0 to the Philadelphia Phillies tonight. We'll go to the soccer pitch for a few minutes with FC Edmonton ho- coach Colin Miller. Great finish to their spring season. They are right in the thick of a playoff spot. In fact, they just missed out on winning the spring season, which would have already earned them a playoff spot. And he'll touch on uh, Euro 2016. I want to ask him if it's actually a tougher tournament to win than the World Cup. One continent actually more difficult than the entire world. Still ahead, Inside Sports on Chet. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. All right, number 23 for your Edmonton Oilers, Matt Hendricks, one of the more popular players on our National Hockey League Club. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet, 833. My goodness. 61-61. At the half, and the star players leading the way, Irving and LeBron for Cleveland, Thompson and Curry for Golden State, 61-61. After the first half, Golden State is up 3-1 in the series. The Blue Jays lost 7-0 tonight to the Philadelphia Phillies in CFL preseason action. It was Ottawa 18, Winnipeg 14. In uh, the North American Soccer League, on the weekend, FC Edmonton, a 2-1 win over Fort Lauderdale. And FC Edmonton looking pretty good. Their head coach is Colin Miller. Colin, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Doing fine, Reed. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm back in Abbotsford for a few days, having some family time. And then uh, the team will be back in Edmonton training starting Friday and Saturday of this week. Well, it must feel good going into the break. Winners for your last five and, and following you guys throughout the spring season. Uh, I mean, you guys sputtered out of the gate a little bit, didn't you? Yes, we did. I think for the first two or three games, Reed, we were 
probably second bottom of the league at one point, and uh, you know, which was disappointing because we put a lot into the pre-season, as you know. Uh, but goodness me, the players uh, deserve enormous amount of credit for how they've uh, really applied themselves in getting them uh, getting up the league to start with. But then we we hit a bit of form, we hit a bit of consistency, which is critical in any professional sports, as we know. Uh, and thankfully, we we got the results that our, our play merited. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's funny. We've talked about poor starts with you before, and, and was it last season or two years ago? You guys allowed a goal like 20 seconds into your first match, so that was probably the worst nightmare you could have had. What uh, what allowed this team to overcome? I mean, your first three matches, two losses and a draw, and uh, I don't think you guys scored a goal in those first three matches. W- did did a switch flick? Did the guys just keep working? What 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 allowed you guys to to stay with it after some disappointing results early? Yeah, I know that. Uh, I, you know, it's interesting because the, the first game of the season we were down in Oklahoma and we got a a really good draw down there. And I say that because we played for an hour with without our captain Albert Watson because he had been sent off. Uh, and then we played uh, Minnesota at home, and I think that was one of our poorest performances. That performance and the Ottawa game again in the uh, Amway Championship. Those were by by far our worst performances of the spring season. But then we went down to Tampa after the 2-0 loss at home to Minnesota. They went down to Tampa and we lost 1-0 down there, Reed. but I thought we played well enough to either get a point or win the game. And we missed a penalty with a quite virtually the last kick of the ball. So out of the first two, or out of the first three games, we played very well in two of those games. And I knew that there was still a lot more to come from the group of players. So what we did was, after we came back from Tampa, we we got the lads together and we spoke about things and we sort of regrouped and then we went on a, a good run. The guys came back down to earth. We said, basically, let's take it 45 minutes at a time here and and see where this takes us because we're far, far better. It was the best squad of players that we've had. I've said that before. And slowly but surely, you could see the light coming on and... and I don't care how good you are in professional sports. You need to have a bit of luck now and again. And we got one or two breaks at good times, and the guys carried on from there. They, they're the ones that deserve the credit here. So that's really what turned it around. We had a good chat. We were playing well. We weren't getting blown away by any team in the league. And then all of a sudden, we started to get some points. And, you know, we, we know the script. If uh, you get points, you, make, you get prizes. FC Edmonton coach Colin Miller joining us inside sports on 6:30. Chad, so you guys—is it just a week off you guys get, and then some practice? And when's your next game? Yeah, we we played yesterday, as you know, and uh, uh, the guys, some of them have gone all over the world here uh, for three or four days. But uh, the players are, for the most part, back in town the end uh, Thursday evening, and then we will train Friday and Saturday of this week. And then, goodness me, I'm giving them another day off, giving them a Sunday off this time. And then uh, starting Monday, it's hard at it regular for two weeks. And we'll actually stay in town this uh, this uh, fall pre-season. Uh, read, uh, sometimes we've gone away to get friendlies, but it's been very, very difficult to arrange a friendly because the MLS teams are all playing and their uh, USL uh, counterparts are all playing during the times that we need games. So what we're going to have is a is an inter-squad game, including some of our young academy players uh, uh, down at Clareview, uh, 
and uh, that'll, that'll be our uh, that'll be our 90 minute scheduled game so uh, we'll train very hard as you can imagine and then get ready for Oklahoma away from home in a couple of weeks time or two or three weeks time all right well all the best and uh, yeah obviously with uh, you, you I mean you were just a point out of uh, first place in the spring season so you're well positioned for a playoff run as well of course uh, uh, there's a spring champ and a fall champ and then the uh, next two best teams with a total combined record make the playoffs as well so you so you're yes. off uh, off on the right foot there hey uh the your the euro tournament is uh, underway uh, the 2016 version they've expanded it this year you got the 24 teams up from 16. I, I want to ask you this, Colin. I mean, this is this tournament is such a big deal. Is the field for this tournament actually deeper than than a World Cup? Because you know the World Cup has to have the global balance. You get at least two or three teams from every region. This is Europe, and that's the hotbed for football. I, I mean, is this a deeper field than what you might find in a World Cup? Is it a harder yeah. tournament to win? I think so, Reid. It's a great question because, uh, you know, some people compare the Copa America, the World Cup and the European uh, European Championships. And, and this is this is my favourite. I, I have to admit that, you know, there's every game here. There's no team. In the World Cup, you'll get the minnows who are just sitting back and hoping to do OK and not get blown away or, or whatever. With the Euros, every team... Has, has got a chance, you know, even Northern Ireland, although they didn't play well yesterday by their standards, they actually won their group in qualifying. So there are no mugs in this tournament. There, you know, there are teams that, you know, may start slowing going and win the tournament. And I really don't think it's up until the quarterfinals of the World Cup where it starts to catch up to the European Championships because then it, it, teams are actually playing to win their games. These games, every game we've seen here, and I just watched it at the Italian game, and it was fabulous. Belgium and Italy going hell for leather at each other. And then the Sweden-Republic of Ireland game. Goodness me, that was fantastic. It was end-to-end stuff. So there's been very few games in this European Championship already where it's been a bit of a yawner. Whereas sometimes in the World Cup, particularly in that opening round where you've got the, goodness knows, some of the weaker countries that have qualified, just hoping not to get embarrassed and do well. And that's not the case with the European Championships there. This tournament is absolutely fabulous. It's end-to-end stuff. Unfortunately, the the the, the muppets, the uh, the scum of the earth, I call them at, at times, these hooligans, and they're they're nothing to do with football fans in any way, shape, or form. This has nothing to do with football. All this this uh, fighting that's going on. These are just muppets that can't handle a beer. They just want to start a riot. And it was the same thing in Vancouver with uh, with the Canucks years ago when. When that riot started, I was actually in Vancouver, and, and this was nothing to do with with hockey. This was this was just rent a mob. This was just a way of somebody having a riot. So these people that are ruined in this uh, championship so far, the English supporters uh, and and the Russian supporters that have you know made all the headlines for the wrong reasons, you cannot possibly uh, put these in line with uh, the good English supporters, the good Russian supporters that are there to watch football. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, is, I, I know that. I mean, a few days into the tournament, so we do have some results. Was there a favorite? I mean, I guess Germany's the the obvious one. Was there a favorite or two in your mind? Yeah, it's a, it, what a line that is because I've just been texting back and forth with my assistant uh, Jeff Follis, and and I've been saying, how the hell do you pick a winner in this tournament <laughs> at, at this moment in time? Because the teams are so close. I mean, Croatia, I thought were 
fantastic the other day. Their organisation and they've always had quality in their in their teams. It's just whether they can keep their heads on straight and keep their discipline because they could be a dark horse as well. And you just go through the whole thing. Portugal haven't played yet and we haven't spoken about them. So uh, it's just been, and it's the best England team that we've seen and, and they couldn't hang on at the death. So the, it's just a real exciting tournament. It's absolutely, even my sitting watching the games this morning, even the, the little general, my wife was sitting watching the games with me here. So it's it's been great stuff, really enjoying it. And uh, I've got to touch on our crowd if I can for two seconds, Read the, the, we had our best crowd by a mile at Clark Park uh, yesterday uh, for the Eddies, over 3,000. And, you know, hopefully the light's coming on and Mother Nature is kind to us uh, and we continue to grow that fan base because yesterday those fans were fantastic for us. Well, that's great to hear. So uh, five wins, two draws in your 10 uh, matches in the spring season. So a great start for FC Edmonton. Colin, thanks for letting us know how it went down and thanks for your thoughts on Euro 2016 as well. Enjoy a little bit of downtime. Thanks for making time for Inside Sports. Thanks, Reid. Greatly appreciate being on the show. Love having Colin Miller on and yeah, really good spring season for FC Edmonton. And some interesting stuff there from Euro 2016. Uh, UEFA, that's the organization that runs soccer in Europe, has given England and Russia disqualification warnings. Uh, UEFA has threatened to disqualify England and Russia from Euro 2016 if there is any further violence from fans. Uh, it has begun disciplinary proceedings against Russia, but not England, after what they're calling totally unacceptable scenes at Saturday's English-Russia game. I'm getting the details of this story from BBC, by the way. Uh, footage appeared to show Russian fans rushing at English supporters after the two teams played to a 1-1 draw. Charges against Russia are for crowd disturbances, racist behavior, and setting off fireworks. Uh, there were some issues with segregation of fans, uh, and UEFA promises security is going to have to be strengthened. This, uh, this hooliganism in football, European football, is uh, unfortunately nothing new. I, I mean, there, there was a there was a TV series about ten years ago. I think mm-hmm. it was called The Real Footballers, uh, about people who go to soccer matches to cause disturbances, yeah, or to fight other fans. Like they're like, okay, we're gonna like it's planned in some cases. Yep, we're at the club level. We're gonna go and we're gonna we're gonna fight. This is how yeah. we enjoy it. It's it's very weird. It it speaks to the overzealousness sometimes of sports fans. And, hey, I love sports. And with those sports fans, there ain't shows like Inside Sports. Mm. But we all know, and I've done it as a fan, sometimes we get a little stupid. I've never get got anywhere near that stupid. That's, yeah. And, and and some of the stuff that happens isn't sports related. I mean, do you think the people who, uh, you know, rioted in Vancouver were hardcore Canucks fans? No. I mean, some no. people look... It, they they tie it into a, a sporting event because they want, they want an, uh, an excuse to be destructive. Mm. But it's very interesting that I don't know if it would ever actually happen, but they're threatening disqualification yeah. for two of the nations. So what, do, do all the yeah. countries that hate England and Russia now dress up like they're their fans and cause trouble? I mean, how do you prove it, right? Yeah, I don't know. But, but it is pretty scary, and it's clearly overboard. Anyway, uh, I do, I, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I, do, I think I enjoy following the tournament more than watching it, just with all the, you know, the way the pools are broken up and then which teams are going to qualify and who's going to be drawn into what and all that kind of stuff. I do find interesting. You can text 630-630-780-496-0063 is the phone number.
And is this a call for us? We do have Tony on the line. Hello, Tony. How's it going, Reed? Doing great. What's on your mind, man? Uh, just a real quick point, like about the soccer. Like that hooliganism, all those guys, they're the biggest clowns in the world. And But one knock against the sport, too, is um, like there's so much diving and fake playing in that game. It's like wrestling. It's, it's basically almost for entertainment purposes, really. So that game and the obviously their hierarchy, like you know the ones who control it, it's a corrupt. That whole thing has to be cleaned up. Well, FIFA's very corrupt, absolutely. And I, I mean, there's no the hooliganism is. It's just sad. I, I mean, I understand sports; it, it brings out passions in people. But at the end of the game, you, you got to be able to be like, okay, that that happened. I was into it. Now I gotta, you know, I'm not well, gonna destroy anything because I'm up unhappy about what happened. Well, it's pathetic because if you have a family situation, you can have the injurious. People can get hurt just by, you know, trying to view a sports uh, event. Well, and I would argue, I mean, I'm going to make a generalization here, but I, but I would argue most of the people doing that are men and probably young men and probably young men who aren't married and have kids. Yeah, but, people, but other people can get well, in the but way. Right, though. but that's what I mean. But they don't, they don't have that sympathy. They don't have that awareness of what it's like to be to be a father or a, or a husband or whatever, so they're they're ignorant, unfortunately, about damaging, about hurting people who could be in that family situation, well, which is sad. Because I'm just saying, in North America, like in our, in our sports stadiums, if you go down, you, you usually have to pay for it, but you get hurt and you fall down. But there, it's just, that's part of the marking process. It's like figure skating. Like, you know, the corrupt judges in France and uh, Russia back in the day. That whole sport has to be cleaned up, really. It's it's a beautiful game, but it's not shining as it used to be. I wonder if they would take the World Cup away from Russia if the if the fans keep doing stupid things in France. Wouldn't that be something? Well, that'd be watch what'll puni- happen then. That'd be that'd be quite the punishment, wouldn't it? That'd be worse yeah. than kicking the team out of the tournament, saying you well, can't host in 2018. Well, I don't want to get political, but we we they have to get out of Ukraine. But look, I'll let you go. Okay, thanks, Tony. Appreciate it. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three sixty nine sixty six. Nine minutes left in the third quarter. Cleveland leads Golden State. This is a fun one to watch. Back for some final thoughts. Inside Sports on Chet. This is Adarius Bowman from your Edmonton Eskimos. And you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Darius Bowman and the Eskimos will be back in game action on Sunday. Two o'clock kickoff at Commonwealth Stadium, taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Go to esks.com for ticket information. It's all tied into Porkapalooza. Great festival. Pre-game show on 6.30. Chet will be at uh, 12.30 on Saturday. First regular season game will be broadcast on June 25th. We'll have NHL draft coverage as well on the 24th and the 25th. Reed Wilkins with you. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Can also tell you the Blue Jays lost 7-0. Ottawa beat Winnipeg 18-14 in preseason CFL action. Uh, a report, by the way, that DeMar DeRozan is going to opt out of his contract with the Raptors. He had an option for $9.5 million. Uh, if this report turns out to be true, it's because he thinks he can make more elsewhere. I would hope so, because if I had a $9.5 million option, I'd be working that year. This is a heck of a gamble, yeah. <laughs> I'd be working that year. Uh, he's 26 years old, averaged 23.5 points for the Raptors this past season. They took him ninth overall in 2009. 
Uh, and yeah, the Eskimos news today, not good. John Ojo ruptured Achilles tendon on the right on the uh, right ankle, and he's done for the year. Excellent defensive back, really good last season for the uh, Green and Gold. Will not be able to play at all this year. So that's certainly a storyline. Aaron Grimes isn't there. Pat Watkins has been nicked up. Kelshi Mwamba has been nicked up. So uh, there's usually one position set that takes it during training camp, and it's the DBs this year. So we'll see how the Eskimos roll with that. 74-71 now. Cleveland up on Golden State. Six and a half minutes to go in the third quarter. Just a crazy game in Oakland tonight as Golden State tries to win their second straight NBA championship. Cleveland tries to extend it to uh, a game six. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, uh, the uh, first round of cuts for the Eskimos have to be done by 10 o'clock tomorrow night. They have to get down to 65 players. Then they'll have to get down to uh, 46 on the weekend after everybody plays their final preseason games. So that is the story there. All right. Uh, tomorrow on Inside Sports, our guest will include Kelly Rudy making his final appearance of the NHL season as, of course, the season ended last night with the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup. Willie DeWitt will be on the show, and uh, we'll continue our uh, Father's Day segments. This is going to be fun. Kale Clegg will join us from the Brandon Wheat Kings, likely going to go in the first round in this year's NHL draft. So we'll talk about those prospects. And his dad, Jason Clegg, uh, Lloydminster family. Jason used to play in the Western Hockey League, and, of course, I have a connection to the Border City. Worked there covering sports for seven years. Jason Clegg was the MVP of the 2001 Allen Cup when the Border Kings won it. So Kale would have been alive, but not very old. So we'll get a father-son hockey connection there. Uh, looks like one guy's path is going to take him to the NHL. Jason wound up going a different way, but has some pretty cool hockey stories to tell as well. And, of course, we'll have the latest from the green and gold. I want to thank our guests tonight. They included Colin Miller, head coach of FC Edmonton, Pat Riley, the father of Eskimos QB Mike. Dave Campbell was on the show, as was St. Louis Blues defenseman Colton Pareko. Thanks, of course, to you for your texts and phone calls throughout the evening. 80-73 now, Cleveland. Five and a half to go in the third as they go on a little bit of a spurt. The studio producer this evening, the unintentionally awesome Kellen Kennedy. <laughs> the producer of the show is Dave Campbell. My name is Reed Wilkins. You can get me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins. Oddly enough, I just used my name. Coming up to 8.57, news and weather. Up next with Randy Kilburn. Looks like it's going to be a little wet tomorrow. I'm hoping to get in a round of golf in the morning, though. Thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you tomorrow. Just a boat on the ocean Up in the sky Heaven so close Taking off your clothes Taking off my clothes Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.